0: Uh, (laughs) maybe this is the great cloud of witnesses, I don't know. But um, Psalm 90 please, this morning, Psalm 90. I'm going to uh, look over here, I'll synchronise my watch with Grafton Time. And um, it's great to see the boys and girls in church this morning. And you reckon you can, you can, you can do, go the distance? Reckon you can go the distance without falling asleep? I'm not sure about the mums and dads. <laughs> uh, Robin sends her apologies. She's, um, normally she would be here uh, for the Sunday morning here on Grafton weekend, but she's down spending a few days with our daughter Grace down in Sydney. Um, so uh, she sends her greetings. Thank you for praying for us over the course of the year um the lord has truly blessed the ministry um and we've seen some remarkable conversions around the country at different uh churches we've been to and and been able to share the the word of god the gospel with many people so thank you for praying um and as a sort of a generic prayer request a a general prayer request please pray for the new converts that they'll be followed up and discipled in the ways of the lord and uh, we thank we're thankful for uh what, what the Lord has done this year. Psalm number 90 Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a the flood. They are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and wither- withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, And establish thou the work of our hands upon us, yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. And let's pray. Thank you, dear Lord, for the blessings of the weekend. We give you thanks and praise uh, for what you've done in many lives this year, the lives of these young people uh, and uh, their families. And we give you thanks and praise. We pray, Lord, for a lasting work to be done in many, many lives through Clarence Valley Independent Baptist Church. We pray that you'll bless us now as we look at your word for a few minutes this morning and i pray dear lord that you'll touch our hearts in some way and and challenge us lord i pray uh through this very short time we pray and ask for the filling of the spirit of god uh, upon the preaching and upon those who listen uh, and we we'll give you thanks and praise believing in jesus name amen i want to speak to you just for a few minutes this morning on Time, time and Psalm number 90 teaches us a fair bit about time. In introduction let me make a few points this morning and we'll look at a few verses here and for the children's sake I'll be very brief this morning. You know uh, God invented time as we know it but he's not constrained by time. God invented time or created time, but he's not constrained by time. We read here in verse number 4, A thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past. 2 Peter 3 verse 8, the apostle said, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Many people over the years have used this particular verse as some sort of prophetic key. I don't really know if we can do that. Um, Although there is a theory out there, to me it sounds like a fairly plausible theory that there'll be 7,000 years of of time on planet Earth, time as we know it. Uh, You know, the world has been around for about 6,000 years, not 6 billion years, 6,000 years, um, give or take a few years and you add seven years of tribulation and 1,000 years of millennium, you've got about 1,000 years. I can't give you a Bible verse on that, okay? So I'm not going to get up here and and preach a a doctrinal course on the 7,000-year theory, but it seems to make sense. And at a guess, I think the coming of the Lord is drawing fairly close. Um, We know that it is imminent, which means the Lord can come back at any time. But we'll leave... The timing to God. But it is true that 1,000 years are as a day to God, or a day is as a thousand years. Time doesn't mean anything to God because He's not constrained by time. We do know that time, as we know it, will one day come to an end. Revelation 10, verse 6 And swear by Him that liveth forever and ever that there should be time no longer. Now, I love Australia, the country of my birth, but you know, Australia will not last forever. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I don't know if we'll have countries as we know them today. But one day time will be no longer as we know it. We do know that God controls time. Psalm 31.15, the psalmist says, My times are in thy hand. God is not constrained by time as we know time, but God controls time. I've got another wacky theory, it's a wacky theory. You know, the older you get, the faster the years seem to go. Does that seem, does everyone agree with that? Yeah, when you're young, I mean, it takes forever to get from one Christmas to the next. (laughs) When you get old, and I'm not old, I'm only 55, but when you get a bit older, you think, wow, what happened to that year? Now, I've got this crazy theory that, um, and I've got no, no way of proving this. It's just a, it's a wacky theory that God has actually made one, one second to be actually only about 80% of a second. <laughs> so maybe time is speeding up. I don't know. It just, I know it seems like that. It seems like I was here in Grafton just a few months ago and that was 12 months ago. Uh, <clears throat> but God controls time and our times are in his hand. Um, Back in the late 70s, early 80s, a number of times I met uh, Dr. Ian Paisley, the famous minister of the Martyr's Memorial, Free Presbyterian Church from Belfast. I've actually driven past his home on one occasion. I didn't really know him, but I met him a few times when he came out for meetings and so on. And, of course, he was a famous politician. He was a member of the British Parliament, also a member of the European Parliament for many years. And at one stage, back in the 80s and 90s, when there was a lot of uh, uh, violence in Northern Ireland, um, he was offered police protection wherever he went, you know, bulletproof cars and so on. And he says, no, I don't want all that stuff. And someone asked him, why don't you want all this protection and stuff? He said, "My my times are in God's hands. He said... When my time's up, my time's up. But until then, I'm invincible. <laughs> that was his reasoning. Whether that was right or wrong, a pretty good reasoning, really. But God controls time. Our times are in his hands. We must recognize our time limit. Don't turn there, but in 1 Peter 4, verse 2, the verse says that we are to live the rest of our time. We have a time limit. And then time is the most precious gift that we can receive. We read in Psalm 90 and verse number 12, the psalmist said, So teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Now, fellas, I have some bad news for you. I was doing a bit of research the other day and I've got figures that go back to 2014. So they're three years old. But as of 2014... The average Australian male lived to 80.4 years. 80.4. Um, the average female lived to 84.5. So, fellas, the ladies on average live four years older than us fellas. And I don't know if you know why. Do you know why that is so? I don't know why, I'm only guessing. <laughs> But ladies live longer than blokes in Australia. And as of 2014, Australia was number seven in the world in life expectancy among countries of the world. That's pretty good. I think Japan was number one or number two. Um, But Australia is way ahead of USA and New Zealand and all these countries. For some reason, we tend to live a long time out here. But the Bible says, teach us to number our days. if, if I live to an average of 80.4 years, I, <clears throat> I always tell my wife, I, I'm never going to get old. I, my my aim in life was to get to 39. My father died at 38. And I thought, if I can get to 39, I'll be a happy man. Well, I've gone past that about, well, whatever, 16 years past that. So I'm, I'm really happy with my life. But if I... If, if, if the Lord Jesus doesn't come back and I live to 80.4, live to the average, that means I have about 25 years to go. And I've done some, I'm not very good at maths, but I've done a few calculations and I wrote down the number of days that I have left and it's just over 9,000 days. 9,000 days. You say, wow, that's a lot. That doesn't seem like a lot of days. Now, I don't know if there's anyone here older than 55. I don't know, there's no old people here that I can see. (laughs) I'm looking here at Bob Finlay, there's a few exceptions. (laughs) But um, I don't know if there's anyone past the average. But I tell you it's a sobering thought when you think, yeah, calculate how many days you've got left, 9,000 days. That's not a lot of days. So teach us to number our days. Time is the most precious gift we can receive. The illustration was just not original. The illustration was given that just imagine someone came up to uh, um, came up to you, and it was, a, it was a wealthy benefactor, a rich uncle. And he came up to uh, came up to you. I'll uh, we'll, we'll pick on Daniel here. Came up to you, Daniel, and he said, "All right, Daniel, I'm going to give you one thousand four hundred and forty dollars." every single day in cash. Aussie dollars, okay? Pacific Peso. (laughs) $1,440, I'm going to give that to you in an envelope, in cash every day. You have to go and spend it every day. You can't save it. You can't pay pay something off. You have to spend it that day, cash. You reckon you could do it? I reckon it would be quite hard to do. Now you girls are thinking, no, I'd be able to spend that all right. (laughs) but you can only have so many pairs of shoes, girls, all right? okay, you can't have too many pairs of shoes, okay. Now, I I imagine that coming from your family, Daniel, you most probably don't have anyone that wealthy in your family. But do you know that God gives us 1,440 minutes every day? You can't save them. You can't pay them off. You can't pay off wasted minutes that have gone No, you have them every day. God gives each of us 1,440 minutes every single day. Time is the most precious thing we receive. You know, time is the most precious gift we can give. It is. It's the most precious gift we can give. Jesus, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, he gave his time to come down planet earth be born as a little baby a human 100% God 100% man he gave his time to come to us even when he he ministered amongst us about amongst mankind when he walked in Israel for his short ministry he just gave his time he gave his time to the multitudes and time and time again he gave his time to the individual You see, time is the most precious thing you can give someone. Mums and dads, you know what your kids need? Especially dads. Let me talk to the dads here for a minute. Dads, you know what your kids need? They need your time. You can give them an Xbox and an iPhone and a bicycle and all that sort of stuff. You can give them all that stuff. That's fine. But they want your time. That's the most precious thing you can give your kids, time. The Bible says we must redeem the time. Ephesians 5, verse 6, because the days are evil. What does that mean? It means that the time we have, that 1,440 minutes every day, is an incredible bargain. It's an absolute bargain, but you have to redeem it now. You can't lay by it, you can't pay it off, you have to redeem it now. The time to be saved is right now. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And if, you're not, if you are not a Christian this morning, boys and girls, mums and dads, if you are not saved, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not the next day, not the next year, but now. The story is told of the famous preacher Moody. And Moody was having his uh, great Chicago, one of his Chicago um uh, he would get thousands and thousands would come to hear him preach and one of his big crusades it was in chicago back in the 1800s and he said to the people he preached the gospel and he said friends i've presented to you the gospel this evening and those of you who are not christians i want you to go home and consider what i've said and he sent the people away and that night the great fire of Chicago broke out. Look it up, in the Google it, you can read all about it. The great fire of Chicago broke out. And numbers of the people that he sent away perished that night in the fire. And Moody purposed in his heart from then on, he would never send people away with the gospel message and say, go away and think about it. He always said, no, no, now is the accepted time. Now is the time to be saved, not tomorrow. Because you don't know what a day may bring forth. time here's my main point this morning <clears throat> and this is what it is God's timing or God's time is all important God's time is all important God controls time God is not constrained by time God created time God gives us a time limit God gives us time as we know it it's a precious gift and now is the accepted time but God's time or God's timing Is all-important and we must recognize God's timing and there's so many examples in the Bible we could go and we could we could we don't have time this morning to do all these but we could see how God's timing works. I often think of the story of David and Goliath boys and girls you remember the story of David and Goliath I'm sure you do David the youngest of eight sons was sent down to the battlefield his dad said, David, take down some bread and some cheese. Go and see your brothers down there. Go and see how the war's going. So he goes down there, gives them the bread and the cheese. And just at that very time that he's down there on the front with the Israeli soldiers, who sticks his head up on the other side of the valley? What was the name of that big fella? Goliath. Who said that? That was What a smart kid. <clears throat> Very good, that was Goliath. He stood up and he said, come on, come on you blokes, come on you blokes, surely there's someone out there that can come and have a fight. In fact, he said, I defy Israel, I defy the God of Israel. He said, come on, send someone to fight. And the Israeli soldiers were scared to death. You remember the story, don't you? They were scared to death. It just so happens that David was down there delivering bread and cheese when he heard this fella. And he's, he couldn't believe his ears. And he's looking around saying, come on, who, who, who's going to do it? Okay. Not me, not me. Yeah, well, it ended up being David, wasn't it? But no one else would fight. Here's David, just a young fella. Everyone else is scared to death. Chicken. And what did David say? What, was his, what were his famous words? He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? This fellow has defied the God of Israel. You fellows just can't stand. Someone's got to fight. He said, oh, well, looks like it's going to have to be me. And as they say, the rest is history. You know what happened, don't you? Yeah, Goliath got it in the head. And then he got it in the neck. <laughs> but David was there right when the, if he'd if have been just a minute or so either side, he most probably would have missed it would have gone home back to his sheep. You can see the timing of God. This will keep you awake. Just come over to the book of Esther. The book of Esther. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. In chapter 4, again, you all know the story of Esther. The Jews were were up to be slaughtered. Esther chapter 4 and verse 13. Here's Mordecai, who looked after, who who raised Esther. Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, the queen, Think not within thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Look at this. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom For such a time as this. Here's Mordecai. He says, Esther, you better speak up now on behalf of your people. Because remember, the king didn't know that she was Jewish. You better speak up now. Because if you don't, then number one, you and your family will be destroyed because we're all Jewish. And number two, God will send someone else to deliver us somewhere down the track. But he said, Esther, who knows that whether... You've been put into this petition, in position for such a time as this. Who knows whether this is God's time for you. And again, we could go through and we could look at Daniel. And we could look at Joseph. And we could look at Moses. And God had him there just at the right time. I marvel at the story of, and you know, again, you know the story so well, the story of Moses. What they do with Moses when he was a little, little baby. What they, they put him in. What they put him in. Yes, a basket and stuck him in the river with all the crocodiles and down goes the basket. And who happened to be walking just at that time went down to have a bath in the river? Who was it? Fair. Yeah, well, the sister was there, correct? Pharaoh's daughter comes down. If she was five minutes late, she would have missed that basket. Down it goes. Most, probably Moses gets eaten by the crocodiles. God's timing is an amazing thing it's an amazing thing in fact God's timing is all important you ever look ever look back on a time in your life and at at the time you didn't know what was going on but you look back on it and you thought I can see the timing of the Lord here I started Bible College in 1982 I mentioned this last night at uh, the Australian College of Christian Education in Borkham Hills in Sydney there were three churches that started this Bible college, Hills Bible Church, um, uh, Connell Park Bible Church, and there's another one, anyway. Uh, and I went to Bible college there, and uh, Pastor David Mitchell and I were in college together, and, and so on. And the college lasted for about, oh, maybe six or seven years, eight years, and then it closed down. And uh, I've often wondered, why, why did that college only last for a couple of years. And then I look back now at those that were trained at that college. There was Glenn Matthews, Ross Oliver, David Mitchell and myself. I think Alan Mitchell went through there. Uh, I think Peter Rame, I think and there's uh, several others. And to my knowledge, all those fellas are pastoring or serving God today. And you wonder, why did God just allow that to be open for just a little bit of time? Well, God knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that those fellows needed to be trained then and they're still serving God. I'll look at Clarence Valley. You are, Pastor, your college this year was equal to the smallest Bible college in the world. One student. One student, that's got to be the equal, smallest Bible college in the world. But you know how God has used this college over the years? It has a fantastic, I hate to use the word success rate, but you know what I'm saying. The people that have come through this college, by and large, are still out there serving God today. God in his wisdom said said to Pastor Davies, I want you to go to Grafton, way up on the, I don't even know if you knew where Grafton was when you were in Melbourne. Most people still don't know where Grafton is. It's that little place north of the beautiful Copse Harbour area, you know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, Darren, I had to put that one in. But who knows what will come in, in the years to come, how the Word of God will just spread everywhere through Clarence Valley Independent Baptist Church Bible College. It's amazing when you see God's timing. God knows exactly what he is doing. I have to bring this to a close and an application. We look around our world today and especially especially over the last few months, believers look at the world, we look at Australia in particular and we think, what is going on with the place? Have you thought that? I've thought it. What is going on with our country? What is going on with our world? We are seeing a moment in time, another, another chapter in the ages, another battle in the great war of God versus Satan and right versus wrong and good versus evil and sin versus unrighteousness. And, and we are aware of what is taking place, but listen, we cannot be disheartened. Some people have been disheartened over recent weeks. Folks, don't be disheartened. You you can't be disheartened when you're on the winning side. We know, as the song says, we've read the back of the book and we know who wins. (laughs) We might lose a few battles, but we've, we've already won the war. And so we're just seeing another chapter in time in the history of this little place called Earth. And we know that God has everything in hand. Um, we get this idea sometimes that we we see and I think um, I think Pastor Minnick might have mentioned this I'm not sure I might be getting mixed up with someone else but we get this idea that God is up in heaven at the moment you know wringing his hands in apprehension thinking what's happening down there in Australia what's happening with planet earth that's not God God knows exactly what's going on it's all part of his plan it's all part of his timing I read in my devotions. It was just this morning. I'll read read the verse to you. Acts chapter 3 and verse 21. Well, verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times, there's that word times, of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The times of the restitution of, of all things. You know, better things are, going to, are coming for planet Earth. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Believe, believe that. But better times are coming. Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back to the clouds first, and He's going to come back to the Earth. And the Earth, we know now, is broken. It's busted because of sin. But He is going to fix things up in His time. So we must rejoice that God knows exactly what he's doing. What's the application for this morning? I've got a heap more things I could say, but I'm going to cut right to the end here. What is the application for this morning? Well, number one, God's time is the right time, or the right time is God's time. We must learn to wait on the Lord. Someone said that waiting time is not wasted time. Waiting time is not wasted time. We need to wait for God's timing. We need to wait for the right time. Sometimes we need to wait for the right person. Sometimes we need to wait for the right ministry. Time and again, the psalmist says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And then, lastly, it's now high time come over to Romans chapter 13 please we'll finish on this verse Romans chapter 13 Romans chapter 13 the Apostle Paul says he says and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfil the lusts thereof. It's now, knowing the time, it's high time or it's the right time to get serious about our salvation some Christians are asleep some Christians are asleep some Christians are anaesthetized by the world and maybe there's someone here this morning or this afternoon maybe there's someone here this afternoon and used to be on fire for God you were serving God here in ministry you were you were leading you you were just so happy to be at church and you've got slack. You've been put to sleep by the world and all those things we read about there in Romans. And the devil doesn't have to pay you much attention now, he just plays a violin and rocks the cradle and he keeps you asleep. No, the Apostle said, no, n- knowing the time, now it's time to wake up. This is not the time to get slack, this is the time to renew our fellowship with God. This is the time to renew our <coughs> consecration to God and say Lord whatever time you have left on planet earth and I think Jesus is coming back soon I don't know that but I think thats I'm think i I'm listening for the trumpet but now's the time to wake up and say I'm going to get serious in my Christianity I'm going to get back to reading my Bible I'm going to get back to getting serious in prayer I'm going to get back to I'm going to get a bunch of gospel tracks and this week I'm going to give them out to my friends and Anyone I meet, because I want to see people saved. And when we start back, if God gives us 2018, I'm going to get back here to church and I'm going to come and see pastor and say, Pastor, give me a ministry. I want to get involved again in God's word. Now's not the time to stay snoring. Now's the time to wake up. Wake up. And maybe there's a Christian here sitting in this building right now and you know that you are spiritually asleep now's the time to say all right i'm going to wake up lord you've shown me i'm going to confess my sin i want to get on fire for god again a hard times coming for christians i don't know most probably is that a bad thing might be a good thing i was speaking to someone just the other day they come from venezuela they said venezuela is just a basket case now this anarchy, you can't, you know, people are going hungry, there's no jobs, the country's just broken down. They said, people are now coming to the Lord. People are being saved, people are thinking about God. I don't know, maybe that's what we need in this country. I'm, I'm not saying I, I want that to happen. But on a personal level, we need to wake up. God's given this one, given us this wonderful thing called time. If I live to the average, I've got about 9,000 days to go. I may have far less than that. And I want my life to count. If there's someone here, if you're not saved, today is the day to receive Christ as your saviour. If you're a Christian and you're asleep, today is the day to wake up and say, Lord, I want the rest of my days to count. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord for the time that you've given to us. We thank you for the wonderful few hours we've had this morning and this weekend. But Lord, I pray now, Lord, if there's someone that's lost this morning, may they see their desperate need to come to Christ. And Lord, if there's a Christian here this morning and their heart is cold and hard and the world has put them to sleep, Lord, may they wake up this morning Say, Lord, I'm not going to waste the rest of my time. I'm going to surrender my life to you. Work in our hearts, we pray, Lord. We give you our thanks and our praise for our time in the word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.